Hey listeners, you're tuning in to a podcast about kids in the hall that easily veers off into mature subject matter and includes a whole heck of a lot of swearing. Enjoy the show, eh? Welcome to Kith and Tell, a convoluted excuse for four friends to stay in touch from afar and solidify their friendship by pointing out all of the flaws in a sketch comedy show from the 90s. It's also a podcast. And I'm on it! I'm, and we're on it! And it's mine, and it's not yours, and it's mine, and ours. I'm Hans Seidemann, and I'll be hosting today's episode, and I'm joined by Kalina McCortoff in London, England. Hi, Kalina! Hello, it's so hot outside and the world is burning. Aww. <laughs> I'm jealous. It's cold and rainy here in Prince Rupert, where I am. Uh, and joining us today, also from friendly Vancouver, BC, we have a twesome of Trevor Record and Stuart Derkotic. Hi, fellas. Hello. I want to be the very best. <laughs> okay. So it says in the notes for us to sing the poker rap. That's the introduction. I know, but song. I never learned the Pokemon rap, and so yeah. I did the intro song because that's one of my favorites. So yeah. that's why I have I have artistic agency in this. Okay. <laughs> I I mostly wrote that in expecting you guys would change it or something, but I appreciate the effort. I appreciate the uh, the attempt. Total tangent, but one time I terrified one of my sister's friends by like you know that that region where you're the older sibling who can drive and the other ones can't, so you have to drive them around mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I picked up her friend and I got my sister on board with this ahead of time. And I was like, we didn't say anything for like four minutes. She just like got in the car and it was completely silent. And at the same time, we sung the entirety of the Pokemon song in unison. Mm. Wow. And just like no explanation. And then went back to silence for the rest of the ride. <laughs> Amazing. So I like to think that I've, I've broken a human somewhere. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, gang, speaking of breaking things, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> We made it through another season of Kids in the Hall, and Yay. that means it's time for our season two rap party. Wrap it up, and, wrap it up. Yeah, this season may not have included Girl Drink Drunk, but in the spirit of Paul Bellini flying to Florida to get touched by Rebecca Klatka, <laughs> I say we record this episode half in the bag. What do you say, Kith pals? <laughs> the, once, the once in future Rebecca Klatka. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, now Rebecca deleted for privacy concerns. Um... Yeah. Well, anyways, I'm personally, I'm uh, celebrating by sipping a fine scotch, a Talisker Storm single malt scotch Ooh, whiskey. Yes, very yeah. smoky. I, yeah. I, I think it's probably of the type that Kevin's dad would have ordered when he was out at client meetings using the company card. Um, <laughs> how about the rest of you? What, what, what have you guys all got in your, uh, in your small glasses? I'm drinking some Salt Spring Shine. This very bottle was purchased when three of us went on a trip to Salt Spring Island together and drank too much so we never drank very much the next night <laughs> uh, which was commemorated by a post on our twitter account as i recall yeah. <laughs> oh that was a great photo it oh was yeah that's because that was after i insisted on drinking a bottle of tequila in the hot tub by myself yes my and i na- and i insisted that trevor help us my oh wait, now- wait that was that was the night that i slapped you in the face <laughs> yes it was several times my my now wife like had very little sympathy for me and was like you drank too much because you were peer pressured by those other boys and i was like yeah that's <laughs> yes yes no internal falls here uh well i was half a world away but um <laughs> not to rub that in uh Ooh. i am currently drinking a, an ale uh, appropriately Ooh. called Bishop's Finger. Ooh, which sounds saucy. You may think means one thing, but I've just looked it up and it takes its name from the finger shaped signposts which pointed pilgrims on their way to the tomb of Thomas Beckett in Canterbury and was the first strong <laughs> ale to be brewed by Shepherd Neem after malt rationing was eased in the late 1950s. Wait a minute, pay you for this plug? (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, Kalina, you were the dorkiest dirtbag I've ever met in my entire life. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) I'm glad that this this podcast can be both entertainment and uh, educational. You know, we we got a bit of a history lesson. Malt rationing, you know. Malt rationing. Look it up. Coming down the pipe. (laughs) Anyone who's paid like enough attention to us to listen two seasons now knows that they're just here to hang out with us. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I met, I met a new listener. I met a new listener at a wedding recently and no. it was, it was, Who was real, it? really something else. Uh, it was a woman named Alexandra. Hi, Alexandra. Yeah. Thanks for Hi. listening. 
I know Hi. her. She's I think, on I think Rick, one of my Ricardo rival got her on the show. Mm-hmm. Wait, and what's Stu drinking? All right, so I am rocking a Juice Plus from Twin Sales. So that's like the super dat juice, which I like. It comes out in the summer. For I people that aren't from fridge. Vancouver, it's like a very juicy IPA. Okay, yeah, good, it's to really know. good. Good to it's know. It's really good. It's like it's very like fruity without having any actual fruit in it, which is a fantastic work of alchemy. I have it because one of our friends was over on Friday and left beer over, and I'm like, uh, freebies. And I'm also drinking uh, coffee with some, I think, triple sec in it. Ooh, curdle, curdle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that important business out of the way, let's get on with the show. Um. Ooh. Let's start this party off with a softball. What were everyone's top three favorite sketches of the season? This is um, not a softball. This was difficult. Yes. Well, yep. and like, and and I'm going to talk about that. I mean, the season, this season to me felt like they really hit their stride. And there are some of my all-time favorites in this mix, which does make it actually really hard to choose a specific top three. But um, in my instance, at least, the top three would have to go to the French trappers gavin painting a chair and the the affair uh yes the The french trapper is a bit of a deeper cut it is but i it's one of those ones that really like i'd kind of forgotten about and then as soon as i saw it i was instantly in love that is one of my worst oh no really yeah the slapping noises on their bellies and the the (laughs) sex faces like i feel like i have the like the exact opposite of like a, is it asmir like you clean up weird sounds that you yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, hate, I hate like body noises and like Kalina. weird soft whispers and <laughs> kalina had to move to england because like pdas and touching and stuff like that bother her so much because she's the dorkiest dirtbag <laughs> sorry Arms just give me a second i had way. i had to unbutton my shirt for just a moment so i could do uh Oh, some moist. <laughs> so anyway, I, I, so, I've got to say, like, big props to Screw You Taxpayer. What, wait, oh, you don't have that on there. No, Kleena yeah, has that. Hey, no, yeah, no, get out no. of well, there. Let me, get out. Let me finish to, yeah. my bit. Yeah. Wait, wait, Hansi boy, I, I will I'll point out, you are kind of the Scott of this podcast. Like, you tend to like the more art house creation. Oh, very you much so, yeah. Liza's Party, which you called Eliza's Party for, like, a month, which oh, is yes. great. Oh, I think that was but, me. Uh, no, no, that was Trevor. I definitely uh, called it the right name, yeah. I oh, know okay, who Liza Menelli is. Come on. <laughs> I don't know Liza why I said Eliza. I was, yeah. But yeah, I mean, so okay, just to just to like really quickly describe my top three. So French Fur Trappers has always been one of my yes. favorites. I'm watching it again. It's so obvious. It's an awesome premise. It's executed flawlessly. The Gavin introduction is also perfect. And and what I realized watching this season was that the very first Gavin set such a high bar for all of the other bits. And it really is like mm. the best Gavin. And it's the first one, which is so impressive. And then, yeah, as I mentioned, the affair just makes me howl, like seeing them slap their bodies. And also because it has sexy Daryl, which is oh. Oh, <laughs> such a rare Daryl. I love it. I love it so much. Uh. Kalina, how about you? Okay, so... It, this was, yeah, this was super hard. I had such a long short list. It was like almost every, <laughs> every. A, um, a long short list. Yeah, no, I, I, so what I did is I obviously went through all of the sketches from episode one and I, I tried to make a short list and I realized it was more than half the sketches that we watched, which I was yeah. really impressed by. I mean, they, yeah, like, like you said, super hit their stride. Um, and I obviously had to bring it down to three, which was really difficult, but at the top, Definitely screw you, taxpayer. Um, yes. I feel like it just, it's so self-aware and I totally forgot how it opened. So when when the sketch reveals itself to you, you think it's just super racist and distasteful. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then and then just becomes something where you, you get that the kids know exactly what they're doing. And are constantly just rubbing it in your face and te- yeah, telling the taxpayer to screw off. It was, it was amazing. I, I I feel like this is one that I always knew about but never really appreciated. Kalina, when I saw this one, I had seen this sketch before. And I was watching it again to do my notes. And I was like, oh, we're going to have a fucking millennial apologetic field day with this one. And then we got halfway through and I'm like, oh, no, wait, it's brilliant. It is, Damn it. It is so yeah. good. Um, I, I had already seen it and they got me again. Yeah, again. <laughs> You're like, don't blame me. 
Oh, jeez. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And in such poor taste. <laughs> such poor yeah, that's taste. that's the thing. At least at least for once it was so refreshing for at least to for them to acknowledge that they were tasteless, yeah. you know. It's it's a small step in the right direction. It was great. And though. they used they used Mark like perfectly on that so one. Well. Wow, what a bad sketch. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I would say that this is like one of those interesting sketches too where it's like I see this get used on the internet today quite a bit in a lot mm. of different contexts by really? like both left-wing and right-wing people, too, where it's just like whenever someone wants to gross about the government or ironically make fun of those that gross about the, yeah. the government, like, I see it get used Oh, it's today. that... Yeah. that There's the something the, the, for the, the, everyone. The screen cap of the flowchart? Yeah. Yes. Something for everyone. Where it's like money to government to girlfriends yeah. and kids in the hall. And, like, the part where, like, the studio audience just, like, has this <laughs> sign lit up where it's like, screw you, taxpayer. Like, I see that get used today, yeah. Um, huh. Then my, my second was uh, Two Clearly Insane People. The original Sizz Sizzler mm -hmm. Sisters Lounge Act is just brilliant. Every line you get from them, including having Bruce as the host, <laughs> trying to get them Leave. a piano <laughs> player with, <laughs> with fingers. <laughs> and then you get Scott Leave. coming up as... <laughs> fake Roy Orbison at the end. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> just, Roy Orbison! You know, I feel like, you know, what I feel like I've learned even just from watching this sketch show so closely is that it can be very hard to close a sketch perfectly. And I'm not saying this like definitely mm. hits that mark 100%, but it just, I felt like it really wrapped up in a really good way without just having a punchline from the main characters. I just thought it was really well done. Right. Um, and yeah, then, that was like a denouement. Yeah. I know what you mean. Like some, sometimes they peter out and you're just like, I guess we're done now. But the him being like, I'm not. And with the big <laughs> smile on his face. No, I'm not. Yeah. And then. <laughs> no, I do colorization, but I don't agree with it. <laughs> and you're like, and then, then you're just left thinking about colorization. And then finally, um, I had to give the third, which is diff very difficult to Bobby versus Satan. It's, that epic showdown yeah. between the devil and a skid kid with a few chords and a wah-wah pedal. And as I've mentioned, my favorite quote from Mark the Devil, Nick, Nick, Nerf. It's just amazing. Um, but I have to give um, props to Close Runners Up, which includes, like Hans said, uh, Fur Trappers, uh, Simon and Hecubus, Night of the Cow. Night um, of the Cow. Ladies <laughs> of Tramp, uh, Scott's uh, Fago, and a seminar about money. There's so many good other potential so runners good. up. Like, well, uh, Tr Trevor, how about you? Uh, so yeah, like Clean, I had a hard time, and actually, just, again, went through every episode, and I was like, <laughs> I'm only gonna pick one per episode, and then very quickly, I was like, oh, there's some episodes where there's two or three that are really <laughs> yes. good. Yeah. Um, so my that was an attempt to make a short list, but instead, just like. 30 different sketches that I then cut down. And uh, so first one I want to give major props to, because I, I don't think anyone else is going to, and I know Stu is going to groan about it, was Lady is a Tramp, mm -hmm. which I think is fucking hilarious. It. It's good. It was so good. And it's like um, one of their like attempts to kind of do a multi-part sketch that like really pays off really well too. Where it's, it's it's one of the rare ones that does pay off. So often those premises fall apart yeah. at one at one point or another, but all three of the like bits really worked, I thought. Yeah, this is like them becoming a TV show kind of too, where they're like, <laughs> we can do callbacks in a way that makes more sense in the televised format. And yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so it's really good. Uh Scott's not gay anymore, I would say is yeah. the best troll of the season too. And uh also like yeah, and again like a good example of them like kind of breaking the fourth wall, but also like it's just like more self-awareness than anything, where they're like at this point they've got a reputation as just being the gay sketch comedy show, <laughs> even though there's only one gay guy. And so they're just I guess lampooning that a little bit. What yeah. do we want? <laughs> Homosexuality. <laughs> When, when do we, we want, want it? it? Frequently. Frequently. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that one has got to get major props. And then there's like so many good kind of classic kids in the hall sketches outside of those two, which I kind of highlighted for it, you know, being landmark things. Uh, I'm going to have to also say the French business suit trappers are going yeah. to get it. I almost feel like a bit of a, a, a loser for picking a sketch that's so iconic, but like, I definitely remember being mm. nine and going around 
pretending <laughs> to be those guys at school with like a friend of mine and so it's just like yeah i, I can't not mention the fact that that skit sketch was so iconic that kids all over canada were running around pretending to shoot businessmen and <laughs> yeah skin them for their their their, for their armani for, their yeah. delicious meats. i like how they upgraded from trapping to shooting that's that got really intense quickly yeah oh, yeah i mean like <laughs> no i definitely remember being a kid and running around and bashing someone on the head or like pretending to bash someone on the head so <laughs> i could steal their so i could steal their clothing you yeah. know what i mean <laughs> hans had many friends just a part of part of growing up in the 90s in canada you know <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it happened around the same time that uh, Quebec was trying to separate as well, so oh, it gave us right. a, a good format to to make fun of the the other in, in the the French Canadians that wanted to leave our our union. Yep. Yes, indeed, that would have been right after our the federation. Mutual record for our non-Canadian listeners, go look that up. It's uh, it's boring. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Stu, how about you? This this season was amazing for standouts. I think. Yeah. I gotta say, I'm. I'm glad that you guys gave props to it, but I'm sad that I didn't get to have the center of attention because of my hard, hard soul. But Screw You Taxpayer is probably the best Kids in the Hall skit. It might be the best piece of uh, the best piece of Canadian sketch comedy. It's just wow. It's so fucking funny and unexpected and self-referential without being navel gazy. Like it's mm. just wonderful don't bring me we're like oh that's so <laughs> bad but it's so good to use something that's so bad and still have a legitimate punchline out of it you know i feel like it's kind of a it's like a trumped yeah. up version of the scott's not gay anymore which is also fantastically self-referential mm. and wonderful because it's just like oh you don't like some of the skits well guess what we're terrible people who take advantage of you <laughs> like it's <laughs> of the, course of course that's what you appeal no, to no it's, it's just it's really fun. good there's a bunch like the pacing is really good there's a lot of like good punchlines in it there's good little breaks it's very unexpected mm -hmm. like they just pull out all the stops and it works like i said we were talking about this in the in our uh, preamble together but like having mark as the straight man host is so perfect too and he walks out and he's like wow what a bad sketch. And in such poor taste. <laughs> and like taste. we know about Mark being the son of a diplomat. That was always his role in the show was to kind of smooth things out. And like even doing that is so fucking wonderful. You're like, hey, audience, sucks, don't it? We know. He was also the one that did the most blackface and yellow face. Okay, too. yeah, but you know, it was the 90s. <laughs> it was the style. Um it it is actually interesting to see Mark as kind of the straight man because that's usually a Dave sort of role. But I mean, no, but for, Dave, for a rare but Mark Dave, man occasion, when Dave does straight amazing. man, Dave does an ironic straight man that he's like, look at how stupid yeah. a straight man is. Yeah. Mark does the like legitimate straight man or like slightly surreal yeah, straight enough. man, like hosting the Touch Paul Bellini contest where he stands behind the tuxedo. He never explains or laughs at why he's doing that. He just does it. Yeah, and it makes a weird face. Yeah. All right, what are what are two others for you, Stu? Kalina called it. The first time I saw the Sizzler Sisters, I lost my shit. Everything down to pointing in the wrong direction every time. Just being like, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Roy, all of a sudden, and they point like at a wall. <laughs> That's actually um, and just all of it is so good. And we rarely see Bruce play it super, super straight like that, where he's be like, thank you for coming, leave. <laughs> and like no no yeah. space to breathe or anything. That's just so fun. And it's really, I really like watching Dave and uh, Kevin interact with each other i feel like they mm. it gives kevin a bit more space to be wacky and it encourages dave to ham it up a little bit like he can't just sort of be coolly sitting in the corner wearing wayfarers he has to like kind of go for it to balance out kevin's yeah. weird manic energy you know what it just occurred to me like among our three-person list of highlights from the whole season uh both french fur trappers and sizzler sisters are dave and, and uh kevin yeah. oh yeah i mean yeah. And that, and like that, it's, that and there's always... not a lot of there's not a lot of their duo things, but when they do do it, what are you it's, talking about? There's tons of their duo things. There's what are you no, talking about? And, no, and nobody yeah. likes no, us. No, this this season. No, but this I'm saying this season. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like they didn't have a ton uh, of stuff together this season, but the, the couple I, that they did I were standouts. I completely disagree. So, yeah. We had Simon and Hecubus. Yeah. We had Fur Trappers. We obviously had Scissor Sisters. Uh, we also had um, worst. Yeah. Uh, it was like career-ending moments in history. Mm -hmm. You had, had a lot of one-offs, like uh, the film noir children's novelist and stuff too. 
Yeah. Yeah, like speech. Oh, that's right. That was by but, a boring but all of these author. are. So, but all of these are top sketches. I'm saying the, it, that duo didn't produce a lot of like like schlock. You know what I mean? They oh, yeah. did when so, those two were together this season. They produced good. You stuff. guys know that I love Monty Python, and Monty Python did a very similar production schedule to Kids in the Hall, in which they paired off. Actually, almost exactly mm. because it was like they paired off into groups, and those were the writing partners, and they wrote sketches. Not necessarily for each other, but often they would be featured in them. And mm-hmm. uh, hilariously, the gay one was the odd man out in both troops. That Graham, Ch- Graham <laughs> Chapman. Apparently, his writing partner was Paul Bellini. Paul though. Bellini. And then in Monty Python, Graham Chapman wrote with his partner, who was, I think, a doctor as well. And then later he wrote with Douglas Adams from Hitchhiker's Guide. Oh, really? Yeah, he hired. Oh, I, I wow. love Douglas Adams. I started reading a biography on him. They hired him. He's a lot younger. And uh, he was basically oh. like their gopher, huh. like his gopher. Like he would, he would come over, and Graham Chapman huh. would drink two bottles of gin in the day, and lay on the couch and yell ideas at him. And Douglas Adams would drink quietly and type everything up, and they'd be like, "All right, we're gonna call it a night. Let's go to the pub." <laughs> and then they would go and type one. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. But Stu, we are getting very Sorry. off track here. We need a third sketch. Third from sketch for me. <laughs> There's so many. We see a couple Gavins. I'm a little surprised that you think that chair painting man is head and shoulders above butcher. Because the Gavins are really good in this season. I very much like the Butcher, but I think Gavin at painting the chair like set the bar. Like it's the most iconic. Yeah. That was but the Butcher. Butcher is also a very good. Like, I think Gavin, it might just be because it's the first time. Like it's it's the big impact the first time we see him. But um, yeah, I'm gonna give special. I don't know, but I'm gonna those give guys sure smoked. I'm gonna give special recognition <laughs> to the place they call Vegas because I really like that one. I thought it was super dumb. <laughs> like yeah, but father, your jokes are true and varied in their topicality. <laughs> uh, I really like. What was the heckle love- that sent? Vegas. our people to this place i don't think it's the <laughs> that one that that one i think is so like good as a mark and bruce sketch yes. too because i'm like oh this is definitely what they did all the time before the kids involved absolutely oh I that was it. very theater sportsy i will give special shout out to fago because i think that's one of the yeah. ones that's kind of perennial like i still have conversations with fellow queer people being like it's that nasty tea and like that's such a cool thing to get to like <laughs> Talk about 30 years after from a time that was way more toxic to homosexuality or just sort of like non-hetero in general. But I think if I have to pick yeah, my, yeah. my number one, it's got to be good fucking ham. It's good fucking ham, mom. Mm, it's moist. Oh, it's yeah. juicy. It's flavorful. <laughs> in the in the Bobby <laughs> series, like it's on the opposite sp- end of the spectrum from the uh, Bobby versus the devil one. Because he's just but, like, like they're he's both- so p- is it though? Yeah, no, because kind of because Bobby versus the devil is he's pathetic at guitar, but he's so much better than the devil just by playing his shitty chords. Whereas in Good Fucking Ham, yeah. he's a complete rube, like yeah, he's a, he's a total washout. In yeah, he's, oh, he's just like such a <laughs> the ocean, Bob. The ocean. The Who ocean? do you know? You don't know in anyone the in the ocean? Well, like, oh, then oh, Bauer <laughs> goes to Tirana. <laughs> Tirana. Um, yeah, I I agree with you. That I for me the best Bobby sketch is definitely Bobby uh, on the run. Bob, that's like that's the original Bob on the run, as far as I'm concerned. Oh no, that that is the Bob on the run. We that was my name in our group chat for like a year. It was Bob on the run. <laughs> no, but there is also there is also Bobby just running out into the night uh, and like hitting. Remember, there's that black and white sketch where he's on the streets of Toronto and it's raining. Oh, it's what? the one where he breaks up with Laura. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Laura. That's also. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish off this segment by by flagrantly stealing um, some of Trevor's notes here. But Trevor, you made a great list of just oh, other yeah. great sketches that we didn't talk I, about. And I'm just wait, gonna I, list I wanna, them. I want to talk about them. With no, you I'm gonna guys. steal them. No, don't <laughs> steal them. Okay, <laughs> Fair enough. first all of right. all, bad doctor. I want to talk about is being like the one where a light went on in my uh, like brain, where it's like Dave is the best kid. Mm. <laughs> and, <Ooh. laughs> so like, Bad, bad doctor is like going to be like one of those kind of best doctors where I was just like, oh, this is this is where Dave's cleverness really works in his favor so well, you know? Yeah. His yeah. sense of humor sometimes like it rubs us the wrong way, but that was one where it's like, oh no, he's a very funny Wait, guy. what's the bad doctor? The uh That's the one where he's like, I can't believe they let me do this. It's amazing. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, how yeah. far could you possibly get by Pretty you know, far hosting on charm. Yeah. yeah. No, the one where he's like, look at this, it's urine. I asked for it, they give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I don't know, know what, what to, to do, do with it. it. 
the other one that you have there, uh, Trevor, that I also very much like is the breakup where it, oh, it's what Mark, Mark and Bruce, Mark and Bruce, come on, yeah, yeah, and like just the like. <laughs> Wait, remind the, like, us of that one... sketch. That's when they're breaking up and uh, huh. like Mark's packing up his things to leave, and Bruce is like, "Take it in, you'll never see it again." And like they're just they're just yeah. trying to one up each other, and Bruce Mark, is like, or Mark's, Mark's, like, Mark's I- like, "I bet I'll be like making out with two people by like later tonight or whatever." And they're just all they're just negging each other, and then they end up like vigorously making out at the end. It's there's there's some point where he's like, could, "Could I get the address of your office so I can have a portrait of myself pleasuring women of all types of places?" <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, just send it to your best friend's house where I'll be fucking him. <laughs> yeah, was, there's so much great cutting material in that one. Yeah, I think it's just like the salt in that is so good. Oh, yeah. yeah, but like also the salt and, that's and it rubbing equal. it into the wound. I yeah, think and they a, both, but they both did it too. Like it was they, they I, both. I will say that's a really good Bruce woman. Because, like, sometimes Bruce does the character where it's just like, haha, mm, yeah. I'm Kathy, I'm overweight, I worry about cake. But this one was just like, mm, yeah, you can send that to your best friend's house where I'll be fucking him all night. Like, just so, like, <laughs> wry and yes. coy about, and like, not coy, like, catty, you know? Mm-hmm. Caddy Kathy. Uh, Trevor, you also had Theo the teacher. Oh, the- why, Theo, why don't you tell us about Theo the teacher? Theo the teacher, uh, another, like, oh, Dave is very good kind of mm-hmm. sketch where it was just this heroin addicted teacher but you know like it, it eases you into that where he's like i'm the cool teacher i want to rap with you i'm a real stand yeah, you yeah. Know, and deliver kind of teacher i'm gonna sit on my chair backwards and listen to your problem actually i have a lot of problems <laughs> and i want to fuck some of the students yeah, yeah look am i am i wrong because i'm willing to like have an experience with a an 18 year old or a very mature seventeen-year-old. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. The, the low-key dirtbag is so good. Look, but I'm trying to cut down on the amount of times I try heroin a day. <laughs> yeah, he was awful, but that sketch that's was delightful. You know, there's like a kind of, I guess there's like an idea at the core of this too, where it's like a guy who sort of imagines himself to be an authority figure. But it's totally not, and is totally like dealing with a lot of shit, but cannot let that facade fall. So he's like, mm. "Yeah, I'm gonna stand here in a very authoritative manner, and like, you can all trust me as a leader, and I'm also a cool guy, and also, no, my life sucks and it's fucked up." And uh, I do think it's interesting <laughs> that you're like, "No, no, it's because he he feels compelled to keep it up, not that he has to." As a teacher to children, like <laughs> to me, that that scans as like, "No, you have to wear that mantle, buddy. You're a grown ass man." <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I do. But I, Trevor, I take your point, though. I, that I've definitely met those people who like just continue to project how cool they are and project how cool they are until they like either get drunk or something happens. And then suddenly like the facade drops away and they're like a mewling baby, like screaming. On yes, the floor, Hans, you know? I'm yeah. sorry I slapped you in the face. OK, <laughs> <laughs> I said I was sorry. I'm sure I'm sorry. I feel like this is a, a type you, you run into in workplaces more than anything, though, yeah. where it's just like. This guy is going to, like, totally try and assert himself as an alpha. But the slightest kind of peeling at that sticker is like, oh, no, this guy's life sucks. I mean, most alpha mm-hmm. people are just so wildly insecure, right? Gang, I, uh, I'm i conscious of not wanting to uh, talk about just great sketches for the next half hour and, uh, <laughs> and strain strain the patience of even our wonderful, most patient listeners. Thank you, Steph. But, um, let's just, I just want to, I just want to list some of these other sketches that you listed, Trevor, because okay. they are so great. So, like, we have other ones we have not talked about that are so great. Beating up your old yes. man oh, uh, was delightful. Classic. We only talked about it very briefly, but film noir children's novelist was a great mm-hmm. one. Arms in a tank of dead fish. Oh man! Great like one. I didn't even remember that one existed until we saw it again, and that was delightful. Um, and I mean, Darrell the Big Brother, which is one that almost very nearly made it into my top three, but I had to sacrifice it in favor of sexy Darrell in the mm-hmm. affair. Um, all of those great sketches, and there's so many more. This was this was we were very lucky. This was a very good this, season. I feel like. Oh, uh, there's a couple episodes that were that dragged a little bit, but largely it's quite good. And there are some. On the whole, there are some episodes that are such yeah. bangers. Well, and and the thing is too, like I very much enjoyed watching season one all the way through again, but season two, 
Um, okay, so here, pulling back the veil very briefly um, for our listeners, we uh, we got a, a video greeting from Dave Foley uh, for our good friend Stu here for his 30th <laughs> birthday. And Dave Foley mentioned that he had listened to like one episode of the show and and did not seem he, very he impressed. Listened, he he listened, listened to just, just enough material to make fun of my speech patterns. And that was it. <laughs> yeah, he, he, did, he very much did. Um, but he, he gave us a C plus, but he uh, encouraged us by saying that he thought that they really hit their stride in season two. And Dave, if you're listening, I, I agree. Yeah, you guys really yeah. you hit your stride in season two. It's true. Okay, well, moving on to our next segment. Um, as loyal listeners may recall, we have made a big deal in our first season about talking about who our favorite kids were and how those attitudes shifted over the course of the season. And we also shat on Dave a lot. Um, But this season, I think we've had a change of heart on Dave and grown to understand that all the kids have their highs and lows and strengths and weaknesses and that they balance each other out really well. So given that, uh, not talking about our favorite kid kind of overall or how that's changed, just who really stood out this season? Who who won best kid for the season? And I'll start it off with Stu. Yeah, okay. So I think the biggest thing to take from the season is this is the first time we see them be more of an ensemble. Like, I'm sorry to cop out of this mm-hmm. question, but I think who won the season is the, the troop won the season. Like they have way. Oh wow! Oh, I, I, I will have I will have a follow up qualification. I like all I will of have their a sketches. <laughs> but we see <laughs> we see that way is more such a soft week takes two. So I think we see a lot more synergy and like continuity because not only do we see the writing partners have really strong entries like Sizzler Sisters, um, the Vegas one, Vegas, but oh, we also yeah. see less frequent pairings that are also extremely strong like the film noir where we have um the the other characters coming in or like we have uh mark and scott get to interact more mark and bruce do a lot more with that i think the winner Mm -hmm. from this i think we're in the season of bruce we replaced helen's with 30 second stories and it's a step up we get a bunch of really solid bobby sketches we have the gavins we have two or three gavins in this season and don't get me wrong, there's a bunch yeah, of like... Three, three Gavins, I think. Three Gavins. Least, yeah. There's a bunch of standouts that are really good and everyone performs really well. But like, Bruce kind of just... he He's not the superstar player, to make a sport analogy for that I'm not prepared for because I don't watch sports because I'm not, I'm not a real <laughs> he's man. He's the unsung hero. He's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's not the like superstar, you know, streaky kind of player. He's just that, that like really solid... 80% every time he comes out kind of kind of player like he he has a couple his, of real standards. His RBI is great. His RBI exactly, is yeah. great. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. His on-base percentage unquestionably. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right, yeah. That it's like he's not just he's not hitting like one grand slam and then fucking striking out other times. He's just like you know he comes up to the plate he's going to get at least a double and he always does. He's he's the Ichiro of the troop. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I've Trevor, what about you? Who, just, who won the just season? Zoned out here. <laughs> uh, um, it's like it's like that famous <laughs> cricket player. I'm joking. There yeah. was no famous cricket player. <laughs> I don't know about cricket. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, if if he's the Ichiro, I, I've got to say that Dave's the uh, Ken Griffey. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> definitely strong hits for a while, and I mean, faded out later on. But uh, mm. we'll get to that. But <laughs> oh, this was Jesus. definitely the season of Dave, I think. Actually, uh, I agree. So I just looked through all the sketches that I kind of marked as my favorites, and he's he's in about half of them, if not the lead, yeah. then at least like the secondary guy. Um, and you know, like even taking a look at the ones that for us didn't land. Like the kind of too clever by a half pair of sketches involving him being an upset customer that like has amnesia or lost his hair. I'm like, they're not flops. They just didn't win us over. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so he, he's he's got so many great hits, just like Ken Griffey Jr. And uh, <laughs> he never wears black face <laughs> under unlike someone. Uh, so, you know, like it's just. <laughs> It's it's just a, a like a, a great season for him where he never has any really bad stuff and his great stuff is so great. Um, yeah, I'd also like to give honorable mention to Scott and Mark though because uh, this season Scott's definitely most improved kid. Um, mm. Like I feel like looking at the first season, uh, he I, I was almost like oh he was the late addition to this troop, you know. 
Um, yeah. But this season, he's totally knocking out of the park. Like, even the recurring stuff like Buddy is way better this season than it was first season. Um, what I'm trying to remember, did this, was it this season that he had the baseball, the softball game? The or Sappho was that Sluggers the... was this season, yes. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah like exactly. The Incredible. Episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which we didn't mention in our honorable mentions, but yeah, that was another amazing Trev, one. Trev, I will say, like, I hear you yeah. about it being more like well-rounded from scott but there's something really special we talked a lot about how kids in the hall has a real punky vibe but there's something really nice about how nakedly offensive a lot of the buddy skits were in season one to see that on tv but, in canada was like so fucking cool buddy on well, the races but he gets, one. A, he gets a blowjob on screen in yes. season yeah. two yeah. <laughs> he shouts he shouts teeth at a federally funded camera come on guys <laughs> that's like, but, yeah. but that's because that is the subversive punchline where it's like scott's straight for the rest of it and not only plays sexually oriented straight but he, he plays the straight man in that character who's like i'm sorry i'm sure i'm sorry I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that he said that constantly. You also mentioned, uh, gave an honorable okay, mention to Mark. Uh, honorable Burrow, mention Trevor. is Mark where, like, I was kind of looking back at this and, uh, you know, there's just a lot of funny stuff from Mark still. Um, and the only thing that's holding me back from saying that he's achieved greatness this season is uh, he gets also a lot of the lowlights and he gets the dishonor of winning the Still Doing Blackface Award. Um, mm. And so, you know, unlike the rest of them, I was like, when we really hate a sketch, it's usually either Mark or Kevin this season. That's true. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Clean it. What about you? Okay. Well, obviously, we can't give it to the best looking man in the world from Bim Bam Baby. <laughs> can't we? Can't we, though? Can we, can we give we? it a Betka no longer Klatka? The, oh, the best kid? man. Uh, I kid, I kid. Idea. But um, yeah, I think for me, it was uh, definitely between Scott and Dave. Um, I mean, yeah. Like Trevor said, like Dave has definitely redeemed himself in my eyes. Um, obviously, as we've mentioned, our you know most of my our vitriol <laughs> was about him <laughs> being another actor comedian who ditched his Canadian brethren for uh, yeah. pastures new in the U.S. Um, but yeah, I think this kind of proved to me as to why that was well deserved, mm. even if I'm still sour about it. I mean, <laughs> so he's got some great monologues, like the bad doctor that we talked about coasting on charm. I really loved, like <laughs> yeah. I mentioned, Jesus was a, a shitty carpenter, but I think, I think kind of what Stu mentioned is that we really get to see them working together and kind of coming together more as an ensemble that don't seem to be competing with each other as much. So, I yeah. mean... While he is the star in things like Theo the Teacher, um, in others, he proved that he could step back and still add so much to a sketch. So like Fur Trappers, Sizzler and Sizzler, which are both in many of our top threes, um, Lady is a Tramp, uh, and the, even the Governor <laughs> and the Hooker. So, you know, we're seeing different combinations of, of him, obviously mostly with Kevin, but we also get to see him like shine with Scott. And even at the end, which I know we haven't mentioned um, since it aired, but um, Francesca Fiore. Um, Francesca oh, yeah. Fiore. He's just, as, uh, yeah. As Bruno Ponzacone. Uh, he's so oh, good as Bruno Ponzacone. That one is fantastic. And as, much, and as much as I hated the decorator demon sketch, the fact that he was willing to take on such a shitty role just made him more endearing <laughs> to me. That's like, a I good was point. like, oh, you're not just holding back and being like, no, I'm going to make sure that I'm doing my own irreverent sketches, my own irreverent monologues, which I feel perhaps. Again, like I was saying, sort of you, you've got the sense that perhaps there was some competition in the first season for them to really figure out who shines. Right. But this really, like you said, there's that collaboration that's really shining through. But I mean, I as for my best kid, I've got to give it to Scott. It was, I felt like I, I went from only kind of appreciating him begrudgingly for his solid Buddy Cole monologues in the first season. I think probably because um, I'm a bit of a wimp and I'd struggle to deal with that kind of edgy humor mm. um but i feel like we really got to see him flourish in season two we got to see his mm. range kind of in drag we got to see him go from like uptight secretary uh character kathy with her scandalous weekend mm. then we go to the you know but then on the <laughs> other the beads in her hair <laughs> yeah. yeah and then and then still in drag we get to then see that span to the regretfully married sex worker and lady is a tramp um <laughs> Then we get to see him take on super masculine roles with ease, and he really, I think, craftily walked the line between indulgent self-obsession and self-deprecation with the Scott Thompson show <laughs> and Scott's Not Gay Anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, but I, as mentioned earlier, I mean, what really clinched it for me was actually the Fago sketch. I feel like something really like 
like clicked in my brain, like something that was so simple, but that poked fun of politics, religion, and homophobia all in less than a minute and a half mm-hmm. and was done yeah. while he was just like coming out, chewing gum like he doesn't give a shit. I forgot <laughs> that he was chewing gum. That's such a good yeah, point. He, Likewise, but yeah. But he could have just so easily shoehorned a bit like that into a buddy sketch, but I was just really glad that he came out and was like, I'm just going to be in a jean jacket, just chewing some gum, and I'm going to tell you about the word... That should be Fago. <laughs> so yay, Scott. I gotta say, like on the other side too, like Scott is playing a lot of these like really great straight man characters. He's a great actor too. Where mm-hmm. yeah. oh, absolutely, yeah. He's he's in the uh, the the cigarette smoking one. You know the the smoking on the subway one. Yeah, uh, yeah, like, yeah. Where it's just like going back to the idea of being an alpha. Scott's the only one that can pull off alpha in the troop. You know? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. yeah. No, he's he's the only one that can. That can pull off being like a hyper masculine kind of guy. Like yeah. he's like I think of I think of Scott also in like that that the 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 Swiss sketch from season one. Like uh, oh, sick of the, sick Swiss, of the Swiss, where he's it's just time. like he's like a it's Don time. Cherry it's type time guy. To hate the Swiss. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's because Scott's the only one who had to fastidiously study masculinity <laughs> to True. to wear it as True. a role. But he also does that um, the Manny Coon character that is like the oh. speak English guy. No, 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 that's, like not, that's, that's not Manny Coon. That's not Manny Coon, but it's very Manny Coon-esque. And he comes back for the cheese sketch shop where he's like, uh, to the Dave's yeah. character who doesn't speak English. He's like, I just want to buy <laughs> some awesome. shoes, eh? Yeah. I understand that you may think that the words that are coming out of my mouth would indicate that I do speak your language with facility. However, <laughs> <laughs> I also love that Scott shows um, also up. Also a great Dave bit. That's a great Dave bit. It's a great Dave bit, bit but it's a good Scott bit because he shows up in a raincoat and no shoes. I was like, why can't I buy some fucking <laughs> shoes, man? <laughs> Um, Okay, well, speaking of Scott, because I agree with you, Kalina, I'm also giving my best kid to Scott for the whole season. Um, And as you mentioned, Trevor, his buddy bits really improved dramatically. We got some so many weird and amazing bits from him. And Stu, you were correct earlier when you said that I am like the loving the art house bits from this season because like. That's absolutely true. Weston Esterhazy's spoon party for me was one of the highlights of the season. Liza's party. Scott Thompson show was, as you mentioned, Kalina, like just walking that fine line of being self-indulgent, but also somehow weird and funny. Um, Stand in the new style, which is one of the best sketches (laughs) of the season as well, which we haven't talked about, but I'm pretty sure that was Scott's brainchild. And then finally, you know, Scott's not gay anymore was, was transcendent in so many ways. Um, here's another thing I will say about Scott is that even though he doesn't always win the best kid of the week from us, he barely ever got our worst kid nomination. Um, So on a basis of just consistency and quality, I give it, I give it to Scott. Um, Yeah. We're just really, really nailed it. Well done, Scott. Nice. Um, okay, well, moving on, uh, we did, during our last season's wrap-up episode, uh, a biggest surprises of the season, and gosh darn it, if we're not going to do it again here. So, um, what were everyone's biggest surprises of the season? One of the things that I really enjoy about doing this project is going back and watching all these episodes years later and finding sketches that I'd either completely forgotten or just didn't make an impression on me mm-hmm. back in the day that today I find absolutely hilarious. So which ones out of season two jumped out for the rest of you guys? Uh, so there was a lot of stuff I have no recollection of at all. And in episodes I'm sure I've seen, because I can benchmark them from remembering the Mr. Heavyfoot episodes and then mm. seeing stuff that I don't remember in them, too. But, uh, like, first off, to go back to our not-worst-kid this season, uh, Kevin had, like, this great rockabilly philanderer song, and <laughs> it was completely new to me, where it's just like... Why do I stay with you? It's probably because your daddy's money. He gives me so much money. Ring, yeah, yeah, ring, that was a good ring. One. Yeah, wedding, yeah. ring, ring, ring. <laughs> where I was just like, holy shit, I don't remember this at all, and this is hilarious yeah yeah in in such a weird dated way too where it was like (laughs) this was dated when you made this kevin (laughs) that makes it all the more timeless um yes and you know like uh part of the reason that i was like dave is getting kid of the season this season for me was just like i i don't remember terrible surgeon or theo the teacher and when i saw it was like Mm. these are fucking genius Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and there was just a bunch of other kind of weird one-off things like I don't really remember the 30-second stories. Those were great. Uh, oh, really? No. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, those uh, those really stood out for me back in the day. Um, no, I don't really remember them. And the place they call Ve- Vegas, 
uh, like with one of those ones where it's like, oh shit, I don't remember this at all. And uh, like also hilarious. But maybe mm-hmm. it's like some of these sketches, I might have seen them and I just wasn't old enough to appreciate the humor. I, when I was a kid, I was a total Mark kid, I guess, you know, like yeah. I just understood <laughs> yeah. the head crushing. A little performing chicken monkey. lady. Yeah, the performing <laughs> monkey uh, got to me and I didn't understand the idea of like the son that wants to like understand his dad's past, but you can never understand your family's trauma. And so you you instead do the thing that he did and repeat the cycle all over again. Oh, no. <laughs> Stu, what about you? What were your uh, surprises this season? I mentioned it before, but uh, Screw You Taxpayer like got me in the year of our Lord 2019. Like, <laughs> that one took me... That surprised you, though? Because that's, like, such a... That's such a classic that everyone kind of... talking just about the intro? Loves. Totally forgot about it. Just the intro. Like, I mean, like, once you get the premise, oh, you get the okay. premise, but, like, it's... That one... I, I laughed like an idiot and clapped my hands. Like... Oh, uh, well done. There's a couple of ones that I didn't really see coming like snm couple come, comes out of nowhere and it's not terribly funny but you're just like what is happening Shelley Long. That, that's another like good example of one where it's like as a kid you wouldn't have completely gotten it you know yeah but it's like no not at weirdos. all weirdos it's like as a kid you're like that's it they're just weirdos but yeah. as an adult you're like oh no i understand completely. oh no they're sex weirdos i get it now yeah <laughs> Kalina, I'm probably not going to include this in the episode, but I did very much love just now when you very quietly said Shelly Long. I also like, like we, for what a dumb punchline it is, we have been saying nice duck for the entirety of this season. It's been like, oh. cop, like you got a nice duck like that. And isn't it a swan or like it's a goose? Like it's not even a duck. Oh, it's a goose. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a duck. It's I think a it's a goose. Duck. No, no, I'm pretty sure it's a different bird because they're like, I like the. I I think it's a small. Because I remember having the thought of like the best duck is not a duck; it's a goose. (laughs) I just we need an animal expert up in here. We need we need we need a bird man. We need a bird. Where's Ricardo Birdman? (laughs) Some sort of bird law lawyer. Someone. (laughs) We need a bird lawyer. Yes. Kalina, how about you? Uh, yeah, so as as Stu already mentioned, like I was completely caught unaware by the start of Screw You Taxpayer because I I do obviously remember the sketch and and obviously the screenshot that comes with the flowchart, but like as to how it started, <laughs> I even I even uh, showed it to my partner the other day and he just put his hand over his mouth. He's like, "This is what you guys make in Canada." <laughs> and I was just like, "I'm like, no, 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 you have to wait. You must watch the whole thing." Um, Amazing. And I feel like every time I watch it, I'm like, "Jesus Christ!" Like if you turn that off halfway through or walked out of the room you'd be like what is wrong with these people um <laughs> but uh i have no recollection of ever seeing stan in the new style before um yeah but it, but it wasn't really a standout for me um i was also really tickled by mark's plunger sketch which i don't remember at oh, all yeah, i don't remember that one <laughs> that's either. a good one too and and like you mentioned you know a couple that i surely didn't appreciate when i first saw them all of the shelly long ones who i still don't really know who shelly long is but i i find it we really funny it's one of the try and track that down. it's one of those skit well she, she's an actress but so i I just mean like i haven't seen any of her stuff to really like have further references besides her name and like know in my head what she looks like but it's one of those sketches that has become my own inside joke that i insert anytime anyone forgets the name of something and everyone's like oh what's the name of that (laughs) shelly long shelly long Shelly Long. Shelly Long. Um, <laughs> Shelly Long. And actually, oh, yeah. um, the I think we gave it a couple different names, like like domestic workers, but it was just like the the two street cleaners. Um, was mm-hmm. it mm. uh, Bruce and Scott? Yeah. Uh, where they have a a, ma- a message to math teachers. And uh, they apologized to their high school teacher for not caring about math and always being high. Which also, <laughs> Bruce and Scott is the Phoebe Chandler combination. Like, we very rarely see them oh. come together. Wait, right? which one's Phoebe? Which one's Chandler? Ooh, <laughs> Bruce is probably the Chandler. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, 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 that's, that's obvious. Yes, that, that, that makes sense. Well, I get to have the last word. Um, <laughs> and so, I mean, not, not, that, not that there's a definitive thing because it's all individually it's what was surprising to you. It's my podcast and I'll host it if I want to. <laughs> it's my party. Clean up. I'm really, I'm really glad that you mentioned the uh, stand in the new style because I didn't put it in my list. But yeah, that was. I mean, you may not have thought it was a standout. I thought it was one of my favorites of the season, and it totally surprised me. But the the biggest one that really surprised me, um, and 
that I have no recollection of at all was the Weston Esterhazy Spoon Party, which, like, I don't in general care for Weston. Like, and I think mm. all of us agree that most Weston bits are pretty, like, just disturbing because we don't gross like his mouth, gross, gross mouth, mouth. Gross mouth, yeah. gross mouth, <laughs> yeah. gross mouth. <laughs> yeah. We, we need to, like, post on our social media, like, a kind of pyramid of gross mouth, uh, acceptable <laughs> mouth. <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> Yeah, there would be some Bruce like sex mouth, Bruce, and then Bruce's Weston mouth Esther is Hazy. easily the best mouth, and that's a low bar. <laughs> He's got a real pretty <laughs> mouth. But, but I was so with that with the spoon party sketch, I was shocked and amazed to find myself howling in laughter at his spoon celebrities and and especially his bizarre acid trip. Mm-hmm. So, uh, very well done, Weston. It was genuinely good enough that I'm actually looking forward to the next Weston sketch to see if he somehow keeps it that weird or if he returns to his previous poor I form. so love that but you are I, a weird art kid, Hans. I would not have expected oh, the engineer to be yeah. the weird art kid, but I love it. You, Listen, I love Spoon Party. I love The Affair. <laughs> I love, right? like, Darrell, Darrell <laughs> and Scott's taking him to, taking the kid to Scott's, like, curio shop where he goes, Before Hans was an engineer, he was a dancer. That's true. I was a modern dancer. That is true. Yeah. yeah. It's just that I was a professional modern dancer. But you've interacted with Hans in real life, and you know how his little concrete brain works. Like, it's just very. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm the one that's closest to uh, Hans in disposition. And I'm also, I would argue, the second most artsiest in a weird way. Bold claim there, bud. Bold (laughs) claim. I think I, I think that's a that's a that's a can of worms I don't want to open today. Um, Okay, let's move on uh, to our next segment, which I've titled "Kill It, Kill It with Fire." Um, Last season, we finished our wrap episode by talking about what we were most looking forward to, and this season, I want to know what do you most want to see die? Which recurring (laughs) bits, if any, could you never see again and die as a happy person? Kalina, why don't you kick us off? It is. It's a fact. 100%. 100%. Oh, no. Yes. Actually... <laughs> you want to kill a child? I feel guilty about it because she is a child, but now she's definitely a grown-ass adult and can handle it. But I also <laughs> feel bad because I used to love these as a kid, but maybe that's why, because I think it's just a bit too cheesy and cartoonish for me. I miss the Helens so, so much. They were corny, but not cartoonish for me. Uh, do do you guys know, because I don't, are are the Helens, have we finished the Helens? Are there no more Helens to be had? Because oh, I will I be really sad. Of, I think we're done no. with Helens. No. I want more Helens. Okay, so. I feel like there's more Helen to be had, but oh well. Stu, how about you? Oh, God, of course it's a fat girl. Like, yeah, this fits into my personal narrative of like, if ever... I feel like it can't get worse. God's like, hey, guess what, buddy? It's going to get so much more weird, like creatively weird. <laughs> like I bitched about how Helen's were so predictable and terrible and ter- like telegraphed. And then God gave me this instead. Just this like God awful mm. redheaded waif orphan child who runs at the camera. <laughs> like, you know exactly what it's going to be before it happens and you have to wait out another minute. And sometimes they do them three to four times in an episode and there's no signs of stopping. And I'm just like, this is why I can't, this is why, this is why I can't complain because then you get hit harder. That's what happens. <laughs> you know, you know what I love about It's a Fact Girl is when she runs forward to the camera, it feels like uh, something out of a horror movie. <laughs> right, like, yeah, like yeah. Like ring where like a girl with hair over her face just like suddenly is like right in front of you and you're like, ah! I think yeah, they do I that because that. it's I love it's, it so it's much. It's viscerally <laughs> uncomfortable for humans to not be able to track velocity and to just be like, oh my god, mm. you could be in front of me. I don't like that. And I think I, yeah, lizard lizard brain doesn't appreciate exactly. It. And I think that that's very indicative of what the skit is: is that you're just like, oh, I'm safe. You're not safe. You're gonna have to listen to terrible bullshit <laughs> over and over again. I will also say but sometimes you get the queen out of it. Sometimes you get yeah, the queen. Yeah, the queen one is pretty good. Just hello. But the the police department is getting a little. A little Thank tiresome. I will say, police department is probably the best of the worst so far for recurring throwaway skits, but uh, we, 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 see, Hard we see so fucking many of them, man. There's so many of them. 
All right, Trevor, what about you? Okay, so I've got two things to talk about. Uh, number one, actually, Mr. Pierre Lord was one of those ones that I loved as a kid, and then seeing it again, I was like, this is way less clever than I thought it was. I will uh, go to bat for Pierre Lord, but like, still. Uh, so uh, maybe just because I, I, I can understand I, criticism of maybe it. Maybe just will, because it annoys you. I stand it, but. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> uh, I, you know, and there are some good Pierre Lords, it's just the ones that aren't good. Like the one where he needs a gurney to sit up. I'm like, this sucks. Or like yeah, the car fair. one where it's just like when he puts his foot on the gas, it goes too fast because his foot's heavy. Uh, Trevor, so I don't think you get the joke, buddy. Let me let me explain it to you slowly. Quick, hold on. Quick, <laughs> quick, quick interjection. The way to appreciate Mr. Pierre is to see all of the small Pierre sketches as part of a like an arcing narrative that leads to his bad <laughs> the, date the... and him and then. And then him being on the moon and being happy and satisfied. The, so the, it's like I, you have to the pure lord mythos. Yeah, I, I legitimately yes, yeah. will go to bat for the one where he kicks a ball and it hits himself in the back of the head, and the one where it and takes then he him forward and back to take a marathon. That's the exact same fucking gag as the car one. You just like don't like cars, yeah. I guess. Like <laughs> no, 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 no. Trevor's correct. The car one is worse. It's worse. The what? car one is worse. The one where it takes a gurney yeah. to get him to sit up in bed is worse. Like they're... I don't remember that one. Was that? I, I think, think that might be a future three. episode. Yeah. Um, so, so you can't kill it, Trevor. <laughs> no, no, I know. But that, that, but leaves me my next thing that I want to acknowledge is like okay. By this season, I think like all of the comedy we will ever get out of Cabbage Head has been gotten. But yeah. mm, the kids, I think understood that like and i'm gonna give this to bruce bruce understood this that as much comedy was ever gonna be got out of cabbage head was gotten and he only really appears in a couple episodes this season and he kills him off this season and i checked and he doesn't appear in season three he doesn't appear in season four doesn't appear in season five they actually keep to the script Cabbage they, Head dies in season two, and he never yay! appears again. No, no, because he appears at the end they of the episode. Even he, Bruce wanted to kill Cabbage Head with no, fire. No, no, no. Trevor's, Trevor's right. That's awesome. So he doesn't appear in any future no, seasons, so he actually has been killed. No, but he appears on that talk show where he's... Yeah, it doesn't so matter. Do you think that, we don't ever no, have to no, see no, Cabbage Head No, no, no. I want to jump in on this. Do you think that the talk show is then Cabbage Head's Purgatory? Oh my yeah. god, you're reading way too far. Well, that's season Cabbagehead. two anyway, because we're never going to see Cabbage Head I'm, again. We're never going to see Cabbage Head again. I'm not reading into this. Thing. If you're saying that canonically Cabbage Head has been murdered, but no, we see him again that's why you're... at the end of the episode, so are we saying <laughs> that he is, this is his, like, oh my god, he's in a purgatory? This is like a so rebirth much. of no. the Cabbage Head? <laughs> No, Stu, it's my job to like overanalyze things <laughs> and create like no, grad level no, theses no. out you of stuff. You chose to be art boy. Stuff. It's done. <laughs> I, I'm Trevor. Thank you for doing the research and proving yeah, to us good. that Cabbage Head is no longer. That is the my, the most exciting thing to come out of season two for me. I <laughs> Who made that? That sound? was me. That's Cabbage Head pointing to his head when he meets God, and he's like, "Look, my son." Mm. And he goes, "Guh, guh." <laughs> okay, well, uh, I'm going to finish off this bit by saying that um, thank I'm I'm thankful that Cabbage has gone, but I and I don't know if this appears in future seasons, but I am so 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 over the cops. Yeah. Um, when they first started the season, there was a couple of good bits, mm -hmm. and I definitely I respected the effort in in the beginning. And I was looking forward to something that could potentially fill the Helen-shaped hole in my heart. <laughs> but the uh, <laughs> as the season wore on, they just got lazier and more boring. Yeah. And by the end of the season, as soon as I heard that like bum bum like cops like or police whatever department stamping thud of an intro, I was already just looking forward to whatever sketch was next. So please kill the cops. That's the Aww. official stance of the podcast. Am I right, gang? Just kill, kill cops. Kill cops. Kill cops. Kill cops. Kill kill cops. cops. Official, official stance. Of the I show. mean, yet again, though, that's a pretty good duck. It's a nice duck. That's a nice duck. Nice duck. It was a good. It was a good goose. All right. Well, that is it for season two. Way to go what, us what, what? for having the stick to it attitude to make it this far. And a big thanks to you listeners for coming along with us. Wow, that's a really cheesy line. I can't wait, believe I wrote wait, that. Wait, wait. <laughs> really? You can't believe we'll be that taking you a bit wrote of a... that? <laughs> 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 you too. 
We'll be taking a bit of a break before gearing up for season three. But in the meantime, get in touch with us. What did you like about this season? Is there anything you think we got horribly wrong? Have an idea for the show? Drop us a line at contact at kithintel.ca or shout at us on Twitter where we're at kithintelpod or also on Facebook at facebook.com slash kithintel. We will see you next season. Bye! I feel guilty about it because she is a child, but now she's definitely a grown-ass adult and can handle it. Uh, but I also feel bad because I used to love these as a kid. But maybe that's why. Who is making noise? Who did that? <laughs> it was. Who did that? It was definitely a Stuart or a Trevor. Stop. Oh my God! It still is Trevor. Is that Trevor? Oh I have no it idea is Trevor. who that is. He's like walked away from his microphone and he's just he's Let's just wait banging for him. things around, just banging some. He's pops just and mashing pans. the pots. Oh, mash it, mash it, mash it, Charlie. All right, Trevor. Yeah, he gowned. Trevor, what were we, he what gowned? Were you Why were you smashing? No, he came back. Why are you banging the pots and pans? Wait, <laughs> he's still. He's st- is he so, making something in the microwave? Fun fact: We just listened to Trevor get murdered. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what is he doing? Happening? Jesus Christ! Jeez. I hope he's mixing himself a new Jesus drink. Uh, by Christ. the way, um. I've I've switched from scotch to nude iced tea peach flavor. Hans, this is you are having. Oh, there he is. There's our angry boy, there he is. Trevor. What are you doing, Hansy boy? I, you were rocking. The I just mo- poured myself a very large glass of. Gin. It was so loud. Like, were you putting it in the oven? <laughs> did did you happened? make <laughs> your own fucking bathtub like, still? What is happening guys, over there? It, like, guys, it sounded like you put I, it in I, the I microwave. Feel, I feel really. Guilty, but uh, I'm drinking a lot of gin right now. I'm this party's gonna get <laughs> off the hook after this. <laughs> okay, so after we rapped on our last rap party, we played "Celebrate" by was it Casey and the Sunshine Band like 13 mm-hmm. times yep. in a row. <laughs> Casey and the Sunshine Band, Rebecca who also Klenka's favorite band. Exa- well, favorite, no, no, uh, Paul Bellini's favorite band. Fantastic. Okay, can we? Can we? Okay. Let's do I like this. this. Like, I quickly step away to pour myself a drink. It's like now everyone is listening to me, like crack ice open. No, you. Yes. You, no, you because you're making so much noise. Like your apartment got hit by a meteor. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was so noisy. Okay. Okay. Let's let's start Kalina's bit. I'm over gonna start here. again. Okay.